0: are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. As per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at KukaHillNBA. You can find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. You can find me over on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. And like I tell you guys at the beginning of every episode, I was a credential medium member for the 2019-2020 season. That kind of makes me a big deal. Tonight we are recording after the Pistons' loss against the Charlotte Hornets on May fourth. We are going to spend time first to review that game, and then the rest of the podcast we're going to engage in our mailbag Wednesday. I got a little bit more questions this week. I actually got out, got it out at a decent time, somewhat. I probably could do better with the time. Put it out like eight o'clock. I feel like I probably would get more submissions if I put it up more at like three. 3 p.m. or something we probably get more people involved in it but we got enough to have the mill back Wednesday but first we're gonna talk about tonight's game against the Charlotte Hornets uh, the Pistons like I said execute the perfect tank tonight behind strong performances from Hamadou Diallo who dropped his career high 35 points tonight and 14 of 22 shooting four of six from deep he played a team high 40 minutes in this game he added seven rebounds as well it's really nice to see Hamadou get a couple nice games stringed together after that stretch of him just not playing well at all. It probably has a lot to do with the fact that he's not playing played with Sabin Lee, Tyler Cook, Angela Okafor all at once anymore. He's being given like a little bit more space to work with. And I'm I'm sure that's helping quite a bit because he's actually played a lot better since they stopped doing that. And I understand, you know, we're gonna go ahead and say that's for the tank. They had to do that to preserve the tank. And if that's the case, then it is what it is. But It's nice to see Hamadou string some good games together. He's needed that. He needs to go into the offseason on a high note, and he's doing that right now. Hopefully, he continues that for the rest of the season. But, Hamadou was not the only person to have a great game tonight. Probably his best game, not probably, easily his best game of the season, redacted, had 20 points, a 9 of 15 shooting, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. And shot 2 of 5 from deep. Easily his best game of the season. If you guys don't know who I'm talking about, I am talking about the Pistons' second year player. 15th overall pick last year. I refuse to say his name from now on. I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter. If you guys don't, you guys probably don't get this joke. But I'm so sick of the discourse that happens around this player when I talk about him or when I say his name. I'm really getting sick of people just overall missing the point and putting words in my mouth about what I'm actually saying about this player. And it's it's making me lose brain cells because they're not only are they really starting to piss me off, they're also starting to like make me go dumb. Because people just continue to put words in my mouth anytime I mention this player's name and refuse to acknowledge like the point I'm being made. So from now on, I'm not saying his name. I refuse. I'm not saying his name no matter what. We are going by redacted. But anyways, redacted had a great game tonight. He made two threes, which is big for his point total because in the last few games, if he simply just makes, like, one three or, like, two threes, his games look instantly better. Like, last game, he went 0 for 4 from deep. If he simply makes one of them, all of a sudden, we're talking about a different type of game. Like, people are looking at that game as a better game. He has nine points now. So, if he can just, like, at least hit one of these threes, his games will just continue to look real good. So, he hit two of them tonight. Nice to see. But outside of that, like I've been talking about for the last two weeks he has been driving to the rim with force. He's developing in front of our eyes. There was one play on tra- in the transition. He took it uh, from like half court down, and he got the ball. He did a nice little euro step kind of thing, get by the guard, and he had a big man sitting there waiting for him like right behind him. Two weeks ago, he lays that up. It's getting swatted off the backboard. He's learning that he needs to start dunking the ball instead of trying to lay the ball up. This time, he dunked it real quick instead of putting the ball up on the glass giving the guy to- a chance to block it. This time he dunked it, scored. He had no chance at blocking it. So that's another thing you saw uh, blossoming, or not blossoming, just developing before your eyes that he's learning, oh, okay, I need to start trying to dunk the ball more, stop with this layup stuff. That's one. Two, he was fed the ball a few times in transition, thankfully. Thank God, which I've been just asking for all season. Like, I understand he's had a bad season to this point. He's been struggling but I feel like his season would look completely different if he just got the ball in transition. Like his season would not be as bad if he simply got the ball when he raced down the floor and sealed this guy off. There was a possession that he got, I believe, Brad maker on a post-up, and they gave it to him a little late, but they actually gave it to him either way. And he got stripped, and of course everyone was like, oh, there you go, Koo, he got his chance, he screwed it up, ha he sucks, who cares, never give it to him again, which, whatever. Uh, yeah, he needs to take advantage of his his chances, but, you know, is what it is. Later on, they ended up giving it to him again when he sealed him underneath the basket. This time, he had the guy sealed up underneath the basket. It's a timing thing. If you give it to him when he has the defender sealed immediately, there's no chance for the defender to react. He's going to get a layup. And Killing Hayes did this perfectly, I believe, in the third quarter to Seiku, Seiku, as soon as he got... Oh, my God, I said his name. I'm not saying his name. I, that was an accident. Actually, you know what? I'm thinking about going back and editing that out. I'm, you know what? I won't edit it out. because I want it to be authentic. But uh, I'm not saying his name ever again. Killian Hayes did a perfect job giving it to him, as soon as he sealed, he ended up getting an easy layup. So, really the best game of the season from Redacted, and it was just great to see. It was fun to see. I I obviously loved it, and this is, honestly, this was coming. I feel like this was coming for him because he's been playing with more energy and playing the right way over the past few weeks. Everyone is just, everyone who talks about him and has these negative things to say about him and only sees negative. I'm just going to say it now. You guys are just dumb. It's no one's like, I'm going to go into a little rant right here about this. And we're getting the mailbag because I have to talk about this and I can't take it no more with what people are saying to me because people are either purposely missing the point or incapable of understanding the point. No one has said that he's had a great season. I had James Edwards of the athletic try troll me and say, Oh, this is the Sekou Kusta he's seen all year. No, I've never said that Sekou's had a great year. Not once have I said that I said his name again where I see, I'm just going to struggle doing that. But I never said that he's had a great year. Never once have I said that. So another, another situation, I should say, where someone's putting words in my mouth. Never said he's had a good year. But what I have said is that you're looking for flashes from him just like you would any other player. This idea that I've had some people throw out to me, like my one of the dudes I mess with on Locker Room and the his, the guy I always mentioned to you guys, the historian of history itself, Keith, says that his career is hanging on by a thread. I think that is absolutely just laughable. It's just, it's, I, how? How? He just crossed over 82 games. Like, this is the problem with everyone about Seiku. Your expectations were wrong. Your expectations are completely out of whack. They were wrong of the season. It's wrong right now. He, is, he was a project when he was drafted. Treat him like a project. Everyone keeps mentioning me, oh, the first round picks look better. They were at a, high, a, a faster rate than Seiku was at. Saqu was known to be a project when he was drafted. He just started playing basketball, what, when he was 15? And now he's playing less min. He's played less minutes this year than he did last year. And he just crossed over 82 games like 13 days ago. So what I'm saying is, and I am getting real sick as well of people trying to say that I'm oh oh one game he's playing good. Now we're now Ku's going, oh, I told you so, I told you so, he's gonna be great. No, I've never once said Seiku is guaranteed to be great. I've never said he's guaranteed to be a bust either. What I'm saying is acting like you know either or already is is false. You you're you're purposely just being I don't even know what the disingenuous. I don't even know what the word would be. But you cannot know whether he's guaranteed a bust or guaranteed to be a good player. All I know is that I need to give fair critiques of him and fair analysis of him. What I've seen over the last few weeks, way better all year. If he played like that the, the whole season, people would be happy with him. I think maybe not because I, I see now that people's expectations are just out of whack for this dude. You should be judging him on a scale like you would the rookies. For some reason, everyone's judging him. I guess this is the problem. People are judging him as a as a second year player, and apparently, second year players have to take this huge jump. Or you're a bust. They they're not. Ju- you need to be judging him as a rookie. So I'm going to judge him as a rookie. I'm going to judge him as a player who just started playing basketball. I'm gonna view him as a player who just crossed over at NBA seasons worth of games, like 13 days ago. I'm going to treat him as a player who hasn't even played in his career as many minutes as Sadiq Bay has played this year. This this I just I I can't. I can't do it. It seriously drives me crazy. Cuz I never once have I said that he's going to be a great player. I never have made the prediction that I'm he's guaranteed to be that. But the point is is that I'm ju- giving him fair analysis. I'm treating him like a project. I'm treating him like I would any other player on this team that shows flashes. If he ends up being a bust, he ends up being a bust. I don't care. But I'm going to judge him fairly, and you guys don't judge him fairly at all. You guys judge him based off this stupid like, like this expectation that he had to take a huge jump this year. Yes, we would like to see a better season from him this year. But yes, obviously. But when he has games like this, especially over the past two weeks when he hasn't played extremely well from a box score perspective, but he's absolutely taking a big step forward with the way he's playing, which is what you want to see from him. That's how you're going to anal- analyze any of these young players. It's only sacred that you guys act like this with. It makes no sense. He's supposed to be, he's the one who's farther behind than any of them. Maybe Killian, but not even, no, I take that back. He's the one that's farther behind all of them. And we knew this was going to be the type of player he was when he was drafted. He was a project. You guys need to update your guys' definitions of what projects are. We are not expecting them to be superstars or great players or good players even in their second year. We want to see development. We want to see process. We want to see flashes. That's what they call them. They always call them flashes. You want to see flashes. It gives you a reason to believe things. If SeQ didn't give us any flashes at all of anything, okay, then there would be reason for you guys to be like, "I, I don't know whatever you guys are doing right now. But over the past month, or ever since the New York DMP, he has given us flashes of what you want to see from him. You can very clearly the skill set that he offers, and the skills that he can develop, and the raw skills he has, and where he could be in this league. It's just I just I can't I, I can't do it no more. That's the last time I'm ranting about him. I'm I'm not joking. That's be the last time I'm ranting. I seriously cannot handle the discourse. I don't want to talk to you guys about him anymore. Again, I don't want to hear what you guys have to say back to me anymore. The ones who are on that side of He's a bust, and no matter what he does, it doesn't matter, and we have to treat him like some like we can't treat him the same way we treat all the other rookies, even though we knew that he was gonna be behind these said players before the season, like we knew this already. I, I don't I don't want to talk to you guys about him no more. So just please go over and try to hit me up on Twitter and try and engage me with this. I'm not I'm not engaging anymore about this guy. I'm not talking about him anymore. Cause I see now that you guys just don't look at him fairly. Even when he was having a good game tonight, we still had all of you guys like, well, you know. He needs to do this better or, or wish we would have saw this earlier in the season or is it still he needs to do Like, bro, you guys can't even say when he's, when he's having a good game, you guys can't simply just say he has a good game. Be consistent, bro. Just be consistent. That's all I'm asking. Just be consistent. You're going to talk about when he's bad all the time. When he does good, be consistent. That shows that you guys can't give fair analysis. You guys just have to stop talking about him. Because when he plays good, you guys hide. But when he plays bad, you guys are all over the place. I'm there both ways. I've acknowledged that he hasn't played great this year. I've given reasons why I believe he hasn't played great this year. It's part him, part other things. I've given reasons. I, I've critiqued him when he deserves critique. But when we shows flashes, and I actually analyze the film and talk about the things he's taking steps forward in. I would acknowledge. I'll acknowledge that too. Called being fair. That's that's all I gotta say. And then we can get into the mailbag. I know I wasn't wanting to get into all of that, but I just got heated. I'm that'll be the last time you guys have to worry about it. you. Pr- trust me, you guys don't have to hear about it no more. You guys don't have to hear about it again. I won't do it. But anyways, let me tell you about our first sponsor, the Michelob Ultra. And let me tell you who brought me the most joy, happiness, and enjoyment this week and as my Ultra Player of the Week. So I, I we had Se, Se, uh, Redacted first, and then we had Frank Jackson, I believe, the last two times. I'm going to have to go with Frank Jackson again this week, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's, like, getting boring for me to keep picking the same player over and over. But Frank Jackson continues just to play really well. I don't see any other player that can pick. Like, it's only been one game with Hamadou doing that what he did, like, tonight. And also with Redacted, he only did this one game. And Frank has just been, like, consistent throughout. He's been really fun to watch. He's been amazing. He's been aggressive. He's been confident. He's having fun. He's enjoying himself, and you know that joy creates success. That's the center of the game. If you're having fun, you're going to have you're going to have good games. So Frank, he is my Michelob Ultra player of the week. And like I tell you guys all the time, like my job is to analyze the game, but at the end of the day, enjoyment is the end game. If you're having fun playing or even watching, that's that's all that matters. You just want to have fun. So. Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is going to be Frank Jackson, two-time or three-time, I believe it is, three-time Michelob Player of the Week, Frank Jackson. So, yeah, we're going to go into the mailbag now. I Like I said, I'm just going to assure you guys of this one more time. You guys don't have to worry about me saying anything about Redacted again for the rest of the year. I'm not mentioning him by name on this podcast. You guys won't get any more long rants from me again unless he drops like 50 points, then you'll get one. But that's the last time you guys will have to hear that. Don't worry about it i have no interest in talking about him anymore um all right let's go ahead and get into the mailbag so it's hard this is this is tough because like i get them sent all over the place and (laughs) so i get them sent to locked on piston podcast twitter and i also get sent to my twitter my personal twitter and i get some in the dms Then i get some on the pocket underneath the podcast and reviews so it's like i'm trying to go all over the place and find them and last week i believe i missed one I had to tell a guy, like, uh, if you're listening right now, I'm sorry, I missed it. I had to tell him, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll get it in this week's. So, hopefully, I find everyone's where you guys sent them all. So, let's go ahead and go through the first one. First one is from Motor City Hoops, which I believe Motor City Hoops is the one who put out, yes, they put out a great uh, film analysis and breakdown on Redacted today. And I think you guys can go go watch that. It was a really good breakdown. I really liked it, but... Alright, so they asked the question, if you could add one thing to Sadiq Bey's game this offseason, what would it be? It would be finishing at the rim. I know last podcast with Hal, I or what was that? Was that last podcast? It was that two podcasts ago, I think. But I know I talked with Hal about how Sadiq Bey's attempt at trying to improve as a finisher and drive to the rim is starting to stunt and hurt him because he's just forcing up bad shots now that he really would have never he would never have a chance at making anyways, even if he tried developing. But still, he needs I think that's the main thing he needs to develop. He needs to be a good finisher around the rim. If he developed that and I just could just add that he's a good finisher to his game, it would take I think it would open up so many things and take take him to another level. Like imagine the dude who can shoot like 40% from deep on high volume but can also make you pay when you close out on him and get to the rim and finish like really well through contact, over contact, whatever. If you can do that and you're a threat at both levels like that, he would just be like he would be extraordinary. So that's the one thing I'd add to the base game. I know some people may say, actually, I don't know. Are you t- like? Can I just say athleticism too? Like, is that like? Can I be like y and just be like, hey, just add athleticism to him? Here you go, voila. And that does that count? I don't think that counts. I'll go with finishing. I don't, I don't think that would count. I think that that wouldn't be fair. So yeah, finishing at the rim. Next question is from Andrew. He says, real question. Can Redacted play with a helmet out there? Is that allowed? I'd assume if a mask is allowed, a helmet would be as well. You know, he might he might need to, man. He might need to start wearing a helmet because he gets out there. Like, how many concussions has he had in his career already? Like, three or four? If he has another one, you got to start worrying. Like, screw basketball and his development and all that stuff. You got to start worrying about him as a person, like his human life. <laughs> like, outside of basketball, if he gets another one. He takes a lot of hits to the head, like, unnecessary Hits too. Like one, he got kicked in the head by Kyle Lowry for no reason. Like Kyle Lowry just kicked him in the head. Somehow he didn't get thrown out of the game for that. So I'm still pissed about that. He gets another one uh, shot to the head from Lamelo Ball. That I guess it was an accident, but I still think Pi should have been a flagrant one. He had another one like two weeks ago, I think, week and a half ago, I think maybe it was. I forget what team, what game it was against, but it was an inadvertent knee to the head this time. Like he just keeps getting hit to the head. I it's just he it's worrying dude if he gets another concussion it's seriously worried like we should be worried about him as a person screw basketball you don't want him to continue to have these like these head problems that's that's legit man you don't want that so yeah is our can he wear a helmet i think so go ahead if you kick another hit you might have to go out there with a football helmet on to protect yourself (laughs) well anyways all right so next question is from dawes with the sauce that's actually a funny name Oh, and you're, you, he also has Fro Jack, which I'm assuming he's talking about Frank Jackson. Uh, he says, Who are you rocking with more? Josh Jackson, Frank Jackson, or Hammy? Who's got the lowest, highest ceiling? <clears throat> okay, so I think Frank Jackson has the lowest ceiling. I think he maxes out. Actually, I think this is another question one of you guys asked me, so I won't go into that yet until I answer that question. But I'll say, I'll top lowest ceiling, I think, is Frank, then Josh, and then Hammy. I think Hammy has the highest ceiling. And I also, not Hammy, Hammy, I think it is, Hammy. And for that for that reason, I'm going to rock with Hammy over all of them. I think, Hami, I've said it many times, I think Hammy is a serious piece to this team's young core. I think he has a load of potential. I don't view him as just some um, bench player or anything. Like, I, I have serious high hopes for him. I think he's, like I said, he has serious potential. So for that reason, he, I have him one. Uh, and you know what? Th- this is another one of those questions. Guys, to feel like I don't like one of these guys, but I do. I like literally all three of these guys. I want them all to stay in the Pistons. I like all of them. But second, I'd have to put Frank Frank Jackson. You guys would know about that if you guys listened to the last podcast. If you didn't listen to the last podcast, last segment, I talk about Frank Jackson versus Josh Jackson. But I would take Frank Jackson second. And then if I had to, for- if I- if I was forced to pick one of them to go away, I'd have to pick Josh Jackson. But I I don't want to get rid of any of them. I-, I would. That's just who I'm rocking with in order. I'd go Hammy. Hami, I got stuff saying Hammy. Hommy, Frank Jackson, and Josh Jackson. That's my order. Next one. This one is coming from Obi Floppin, who reminded me to put the mailbag mailbag question out. So thank you for that. But he says, I'm about to tap out, so I'm giving you my mailbag question now. Thank you. What needs to happen in the next four years for Troy Reaver to be a success in Detroit? What would need to happen for his time to be considered a failure? Uh, I think what would have to happen first, I'll say what would have to be to be a failure. I think he would have to miss on multiple draft picks because that's what he's supposed to be good at. He would have to miss on multiple draft picks, and along with that, the Pistons would have to like not make the playoffs in the next like four years. If that happens, then it would be considered a failure. That last one more, like if he missed on these draft picks, but then like let's say like got a, good, a lot of good players through trade and free agency that were young as well, and then was able to build a playoff team either way. Then whatever, however you have to get it to happen, you get it to happen. So, I, the first one would be somewhat of a failure. But if he really like, if they don't make the playoffs like the next four years, I think then it would start to be considered a failure. More like year three and year four. If they don't make it, then then I think it would be a failure. What would he have to do to make it a success? Uh, I would say within the next. Uh, how about this? For me, for it to be a success, I think he would have to do better than previous guys like Frank, uh, Stan Van Gundy, and who who was the last one? Ed Stefanski. You would have to do better than those two guys and that would be win a playoff win a playoff series, not even just a game. You have to win a playoff series in like the next uh let's say 5 years. Within 5 years. So like year 3, 4 and 5, you'd have to win a playoff series in one of those years. They haven't won a playoff series, let alone a game since 2000 was it 2008? was the last time they won one? So they have to do that. Not even just a game. I want they need to win a playoff series. A playoff game would be nice because it would break that streak, but they need to play, win a playoff series in order, I think, for it to be a success. Success. Once he does that, then you could say, okay, he's he's done something in Detroit that hasn't been done in a long time. We can give him a gold star for that. But even that, I think some people wouldn't call it success. Like, you'd need to win multiple playoff si- series. But that would happen, I think, way later in his tenure. I think for it to be like an immediate success, the closest sign of being able to say, yes, okay, he's, he's succeeding, would be like a playoff series win. Then you can up your expectations but there's my answer for that we'll get to the rest of the questions after i tell you about a couple more of our, of our sponsors first one is built bar your guys's favorite sponsor the best tasting protein bar on the planet earth comes with a variety of flavors including six new flavors in caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond carrot cake and apple almond crisp all flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew these bars are low in calorie and sugar bar high in protein and fiber A flavor that I'd suggest is the peanut butter flavor. I absolutely love peanut butter. I've told you guys many times that any kind of bar, if you put peanut butter on it, it's probably going to be my favorite. By the way, I absolutely love Reese's Pieces. I don't know why I said that. That just came to my mind. I had to tell you guys. But the peanut butter bar is packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try the Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. BuiltBar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And another one of our sponsors, let me tell you a little bit about BetOnline AG. If you're anything like me, you knew that betting is now legal in Michigan instantly. However, there was one problem that I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through, like so many. Which betting app is the best for me to use? That's when I found BetOnline AG, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and make sure to use promo code On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And now we're going to continue on with the mailbag. All right, let me go ahead and switch over to my main account. That was all the questions I got on Lockdown Pistons. Let's switch over to my main account. There you go. And let's get these questions out the way. We got another one from Dawes with the sauce. He says, what position do you see the Pistons drafting with potential top three pick? Or do they take best player, best player available regardless of position? Easily, they take best player available. This team needs a franchise player. I've said this, I believe, like in one of my very first podcasts, for this, when I became the host of Lockdown Pistons, I said, I don't care if the dude is 5'5", I don't care if he's 7'8", I don't care if his best skill is defense, I don't care if his best skill is passing, shooting, blocking, I don't care what any of it is. If he's going to be the best player from the draft, if you tell me this player is going to be the best player of the draft, and he's 5'5", and his best his best skill set is passing or something, and you tell me he's the best player, you take him. You take whoever the best player from this draft is going to be, because this team desperately needs This team desperately needs a franchise player, a superstar, an all-star. That's what they need. They need a core guy, and that's what you need. They don't care about uh, position right now. They're not trying to win. You just need to get as much talent as possible, the best talent as possible, and then worry about situating the pieces later on. So I don't think there's any chance the Pistons care at all about whatever uh, position the guy plays. They're just going to pick whoever's the best one. So, yeah, I think that's easily the smartest thing to do about this. Next one is from Redacted Stan. I hope you know who who you are. I hope you know why I'm calling you Redacted Sam. But he says, "Do the Pistons have the most underrated and underappreciated young core in the league with Stu, Killian, Bay, Saban, Diallo, Redacted, and the Jackson Bros?" Um, I went. I don't know. I'd have to go through the rest of the league right now. Like I'd have to go through every other team with a young young squad. I think they definitely are probably up there because a lot of people think of the Pistons of having like a terrible future based off like the last few years. And I. have Probably a lot of teams haven't updated, or not teams, a lot of people haven't updated their opinions on what the Pistons are because they just don't really watch the Pistons and no one really cares about Detroit Pistons outside of Detroit, which whatever, they will when we start winning again, but they just don't really pay attention. So they, they're they probably in the discussion simply because no one talks about them, but I don't know. I'd have to go through like every young core in the league. For right now, I'll say probably. Probably the most underrated and underappreciated. Maybe not the best. I don't think they're the best, young core, obviously. But most underrated and underappreciated? I Probably. I, that, that's all I can say now. Probably. I'd have to go through every other team with the young core. So, I don't know. Probably. All right. Next question is from Chubbs Granberry. He says, if the Pistons fall to their usual seventh spot or lo- Oh, God, dude. You're trying to give me a heart attack. He says, what's your take on the Pistons drafting Franz Wag- Wagner? I think... Wagner. Isn't he... Mo Wagner's brother, I think, uh, coming here if you have any knowledge on this game. I do not have any knowledge on this game at all, so I can't really give my answer to that. Like I said, I haven't really started doing any kind of research like that on any of these prospects. But from what I see everyone say about this guy, anytime his name is mentioned as a possible pick for the Pistons, uh, no one has anything nice to say. So I'm going to say no because I haven't heard anything positive about him. (laughs) But anyways, next one we got from Nick. So Sido, he says, What's Frank Jackson's ceiling? Could you possibly see him as a Jazz, Jordan Clarkson, or even a Cavs? No, Jazz, Jordan Clarkson, and a Cavs, J.R. Smith. Now, this is the question I was talking about earlier. Uh, I think he can be one of those guys. That legit is what I think his ceiling probably is. A great six-man scorer off the bench. I don't think that he's ever going to be much more than just like a person who goes out there and just tries to score, but he can get really, really good at that because he can score in so many different ways and has so much in his bag. So I think that's actually a really good like ceiling for him, too. I think that he can reach that, Jordan Clarkson with the Jazz or Cavs J.R. Smith, or even Nick's J.R. Smith. I think that would be good, too. Nick's J.R. Smith better than Cavs J.R. Smith, by the way. So, yeah, I think he could get Nick's J.R. Smith or Jordan Clarkson with the Jazz. That would be his ceiling, and I'm, if he made it there, everyone would be extremely happy with that. So, yeah. Next one we got from Steve Cook. He says, how has redacted's performance affected you tonight? Also, say we get number two, who you got? His performance was great until I realized I wasn't allowed to enjoy it because people on Twitter just want to be scumbags, basically. Uh, But, yeah, I was enjoying it in my living room. I tried to enjoy it the most I I could without people just, like, crapping on it uh, every chance they had. So, yeah, I enjoyed it, I guess. Next, he says, and next you said, also, if we get number two, who you got, uh, I don't know. Like I said, whatever the Pistons believe is the best player, you get them. I haven't done much research on these prospects, like I said, so I just I just don't know right now with the draft prospects. I promise I'll get on that soon. I just I just haven't done that yet. I promise I will, though. So as of right now, I don't know who I would take if we had number two pick. Um, but, yeah, next question. I believe this is the last question. Uh, if I missed your question and I didn't answer it, make sure you guys tweet me and let me know I missed it. I'll be sure to answer it next week, or you guys could form it in a, in a way to be answered on Friday's Kool-Aid segment. Uh, so make sure you guys let me know if I did miss one of your questions. I apologize for that. But this one is coming from Chubbs Granberry again. This was actually one of the ones he asked last week, and I missed it. So I'm getting back at you now. He says, oh, actually, it was supposed to be for a Kool-Aid segment, but I, I wanted to get him in today because I missed it last week. Basically, he's saying, is is a good comp for Killian Hayes rookie D'Angelo Russell? Uh, no. One, I believe Killian is much better on defense than D'Angelo Russell. So that immediately separates them completely. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is, is a good shooter. Kalian is not that right now. Killian, I also believe, is a better passer than D'Lo. I know D'Lo has like really good some really good vision and sometimes pulls off some really good passes, but he's i I don't think we would call him a great playmaker. I think Kalian is Borderline a great playmaker as of right now. Actually, no, I take that back. He's a better playmaker. I take back what I said about Borderline, great. He's a better playmaker, though, I think, than D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell is capable of hitting really tough shots. He doesn't get much separation on basically anything, which I guess maybe. You could say with Killian Hayes, that's the case. But I tweeted this actually today that Killian Hayes actually creates a lot of space with some of the moves he does. He just doesn't like react off of those moves. Like he'll create amazing separation on like a behind the back or cross over or a yank back or something. He always creates space. He just never reacts and then drives to the rim or takes a shot or something. He just stands there and like doesn't notice that like, hey, I just created this much space. Let's go do something with that. I don't know if that's a confidence issue or something he just needs to put into his process tree, or as my friend Hal would have said on the last podcast. I I don't know what it is. But either way, I think he creates some separation that D'Angelo Russell may not. But either way, I don't think that they're the greatest comp. I I already told you guys who I thought my best comp is for him. Uh, I thought it was rookie year Lonzo Ball. But either way, I don't think D'Lo is the comparison for Hayes. so... I gotta say no to that one, and that is all the questions I believe that were asked for the mailbag today. Thank you guys for all sending those in. Next week I'll try to get it even earlier to try to get even more people in, but we still got a lot, a lot of questions in. Lasted for a good what thirty minutes now. Well, I did take like the first ten minutes raging, so I guess maybe twenty minutes. So that's that's good still. So. Thank you guys for participating. If you guys want to participate in the mailbag, it happens every Wednesday. You guys can always just tweet me now. Let me know it's for the mailbag. Or you guys can go down below if you haven't already. Give me five stars. And in the review, ask your question. And I'll answer it on the next podcast. And I'll know. I'll see it right there. And I'll know this is for the mailbag. Because only the mailbag goes down there. So you guys can do that as well. Friday. We got the segment of Are You Drinking the Kool-Aid? We got one more podcast. We got Thursday. And then that one happens. But I'm giving you guys an announcement or a notice right now. Send over your Kool-Aid segment submissions now for the next day and a half. So when it gets to tomorrow night or Thursday night when I record, I don't have to ask another tweet and last second do it again. So I think that actually on Thursday I might be doing a crossover with a different podcast from a different... I'm not going to say it, but I think we're going to do another crossover with this. I'm not sure yet, but either way, make sure that you guys send those in to me so I have them before Thursday night. I'll give you guys a notice as well on Twitter, but thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys really enjoyed this game against the Charlotte Hornets. It was really a lot of fun, honestly, if you stayed off for Twitter. It was a lot of fun if you stayed off. Trust me. If you, if you don't have a Twitter, you're not missing anything. Uh, But, yeah, hope you guys had fun on that. I hope you guys enjoy your guys' day, and I will see you guys Thursday morning. Peace out, everybody.